0: Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today.
1: College basketball tipped off with a great game between Duke and Kentucky. Vikings running back Dalvin Cook is now embroiled in controversy. And it's the second week of college football playoff rankings, and we already have one initial top four team dropping out. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Coach K's swan song season got off to an auspicious start on Tuesday night. The Duke Blue Devils beat the Kentucky Wildcats 79 to 71 in a top 10 matchup. Joining me now from Locked On Blue Devils, JJ Jackson and JJ. This is incredibly, this is incredibly it for Coach K. It is almost hard to believe someone that has been in our sporting life for this long may no longer be with us after this season. How how much do you think, from from his standpoint, is riding on this season in terms of his legacy? Because he's got another team that has the blue-chip talent to go out and win a national title.
0: Without a doubt. I think his legacy is solidified, Peter. I think when you look at Mike Krzyzewski, the five national championships, over 1,100 victories in the sport, the most wins all time, 12 Final Four appearances, has been very competitive and won many, many ACC tournaments and ACC regular season titles. The legacy is there, right? But you can always add to it. Why not go out and get a sixth? National championship. That's Duke's mantra ever since 2015 when they won their fifth. They've got their sights on six. And for Coach K, he would love to go out on top. We saw that tonight with the first contest of the season, his 42nd year as the Duke men's basketball coach going in the Blue Devils' favor. What a game, what a win, and what a start to a fun college basketball season.
1: From your standpoint, JJ, how do you think? Coach K's willingness to do that, to say, oh, I'll go get McDonald's All-Americans who want to be one and done. How do you think that affects how he is viewed in the current college basketball landscape?
0: I mean, he's been able to recruit with the best every single season. He saw what was working for Coach Calipari. They win their national championship in 2012. Yeah. The year prior, Duke secured the number one player in the country in Kyrie Irving, who went number one in the NBA draft following their 2010 heard national of him. championship. It's pretty good. And ever since then... <laughs> Duke's been recruiting at the top of the sport, and that's led to many, many wins for Coach Krzyzewski. Looks like John Shire's going to be able to try and do that replacing Coach K, but at least for this season, you're right. It was Trevor Keels. It was Paulo Banquero that led the way for the Duke Blue Devils, which was a pleasant sight for Duke fans to see.
1: Yeah, we we don't have to talk about where, where Kyrie Irving is uh, <laughs> now at this point in his career, so we'll just we'll just leave that aside. Let me ask you this as we finish up here. Uh I I'd love to ask questions like this on the show. Uh Duke, they're a top 10 team. They've got plenty of talent. They've got arguably the greatest men's basketball coach of the modern era. Why not Duke this season?
0: I I think that obviously the Duke team wants to win it all. They've set their sights on that. Like I said sights on six a little bit earlier with the Duke basketball team. That's the standard every single year is to win a national championship. I think Duke can very much so do that. I think that this team, missing the NCAA tournament for the first time in 25 years, that was a bad taste in their mouth from a year ago. They're going to have fans back inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. That's going to create the greatest game day environment in college basketball. They've got to improve that three-point shooting, Peter. Just one shot made from three-point range from Duke tonight. And it didn't matter. They still were able to, be, to beat Kentucky. Who's going to get better themselves? Kentucky played without a couple of players who were injured already. So a great statement win for the Duke Blue Devils. And they are very capable of being the last team standing at the Final Four.
1: Follow Locked on Blue Devils for more on Coach K's final season coming up. Dalvin Cook involved in a confusing case. We try to make sense of it coming up next.
0: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: Bengals head coach Zach Taylor joined Locked on Bengals during the bye week. There was one area that
3: uh, you had a magic wand and you could wave it at offensively and and fix it before
4: doing the self-scouting, of course. What do you think it would be? Well, I, I think our shorter yardage third down, and not not just third and one, but really third and one to five. Just just looking at the percentages straight up on a piece of paper, um, that should be an area where we've been stronger at. And and there's a myriad of reasons why I can give you it hasn't been good enough. But at the end of the day, it hasn't been good enough. And we've been better at some of the higher areas there. Um, maybe we should just take a delay game, you know, and just go ahead and approach six to nine because we've been so good there. But uh, but but certainly that that's an area where we need to improve and. Uh, make sure we're putting our guys in the best position and and executing the right way.
1: Auburn started off their basketball campaign with a big margin of victory over Moorhead State.
2: Zach Blackerby here, the host of Locked on Auburn. The Auburn Tigers, big statement opening win, 77-54 against Moorhead State. Bruce Pearl had his team ready. They kind of looked rocky this past Friday in their exhibition game. It took a late push. Uh, and kind of, you know, wearing down Southern Indiana to really break away and get that 14-point win. Totally different team tonight. The Auburn fan base is pumped. The Auburn fan base is excited with what they saw. We heard nothing uh, but great things about this team all offseason, and it showed tonight in the season opener. Uh, A lot of guys playing their first game at Auburn, but specifically Wendell Green Jr., the, the transfer point guard who got the start. Incredible game, very, very explosive. 19 points off eight of 17 shooting it was three of eight from three but uh played good defense he did everything you want and a lot of Auburn fans saying oh kind of looks a little bit like Jared Harper
1: Oklahoma also got started off with a win on the court. It was a great
5: start to the Porter Mosier era in Norman as the Oklahoma Sooners defeated the Northwestern State Demons 77-59 to to open the regular season 1-0. and They were led by Jalen Hill and Tanner Groves with 15 points apiece. This is John Williams hosting the Lockdown Sooners podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Jalen Hill also had... 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 steals on 6 of 7 shooting. He was 2 of 3 from 3-point three range as well. Tanner Groves added 9 rebounds. He was 6 of 9 from the field, 2 of 5 from 3-point range. Emoja Gibson also added 13 points on 5 of 13 shooting. Jordan Goldwire, making his debut for the Sooners, had 9 points, 2 rebounds, and 4 assists. It was C.J. Nolan off the bench, adding 9 points for the Oklahoma Sooners, who start the Porter merger era off with a great win.
1: And the Bruins scored all three of their goals in the second period, and that's all they'll need. To beat the Senators.
4: Well it sure is nice to have some more traditional NHL rivalries back in play with divisions being uh, realigned post-COVID as the Boston Bruins defeated the Ottawa Senators here on Tuesday night in possibly the most entertaining game of the season so far. This is Ian McLaren host of Locked On Boston Bruins and our Bruins did indeed beat the Senators by a score of 3-2 to here on Tuesday night. Uh, The Senators missing some players due to uh, COVID, as well as associate coach Jack Capuano. All credit to them for, you know, making it probably closer than it should have been. Uh, The score was 3-2 in the end. Matt Murray, who uh, came in with less than sparkling numbers, uh, made some key saves to keep his team in the game, Uh, but it was Patrice Bergeron who got a bit of a lucky bounce off a broken stick. Uh, to him in front of the net, he batted home. The game-winner passed Murray. Uh, Derek Forbort added a very nice goal earlier in the evening, uh, probably the highlight of the night for the Boston Bruins.
1: That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action. Here's some key hoops lines on betonline.ag. For Wednesday night, the Nets head south to take on the Magic. BetOnline.ag has the Nets favored by nine in Orlando. The Raptors take on the Celtics in Boston. BetOnline.ag likes the home team here, giving the Celts a two-point advantage on that spread. And college basketball has a limited slate for day two, but you can still check out Buffalo at Michigan. BetOnline.ag has this as the second highest over-under total of the college Wednesday slate at 1505 half. For all your gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. And don't forget to use your promo code locked on to receive your welcome bonus.
0: Here is another story you need to know
1: Minnesota Vikings running back Dalvin Cook has been named in a civil lawsuit alleging domestic abuse, as it was reported by Adam Schefter. Dalvin Cook is contesting that he is, in fact, the victim in this case, and more details have been trickling out as this has gone on. We are recording this as of Tuesday night. Joining me now from Locked On Vikings, Luke Braun and Luke, this is an already very complicated case involving complex legal uh, terminologies like the Castle Doctrine and things that that could get very uh, very in the weeds legally as we move forward in this case what can you tell us where do we stand right now as we record this
3: yeah so as you and i are recording this information is still trickling out so keep that all in mind this is an ongoing developing story and and, and all of that what we understand right now about this whole altercation is that both sides of course have their very different stories of what happened um and we can get into the details of that in, in a second but i think like you mentioned, like the castle doctrine and all the legalities of it. We don't necessarily have to it's not even really our business to care about the legalities of it, except for um, the NFL that tends to influence how the NFL handles these kinds of things. Sure. Um, right now we don't have any indication that, that there would be any absence or anything like that. Actually, Dalvin cook speaks to the media on Wednesdays. Um, so on Wednesday afternoonish, he might speak to the media and the, team hasn't pulled him or anything at least yet um so there's that but the legalities of the situation essentially um a lot of the facts of this case are not disputed by either party it is not disputed that there there was an altercation that it got violent and all that stuff dalvin cook's camp his lawyer his agent and everybody um their side of the story is essentially that This was an act of self-defense against somebody with a, they say, quote unquote, history of violence on Sergeant Trimble's side. She says that this was an unprovoked attack um, and it was, you know, an an instance of domestic violence um, and a a dispute between in, in this dispute between two exes. Right. The. Actual details involve Mace, involve uh, possibly her pulling a gun on him, uh, or threatening to pull a gun on him, and there's actually a video that does seem to imply that, although it's a very short video, so there's obviously context, and we have to be very careful about all that stuff. Um, And there's all these other details that are very difficult to sift through without kind of accidentally taking a side, right? Um, But essentially what is at issue here is... Dalvin Cook saying that he had he reasonably feared for his own safety Um, and this happened in Dalvin Cook's home and so in the state of Minnesota it's legal to use reasonable force to try to remove a trespasser from your home if somebody's not welcome you can remove them you can use your physicality to do that so legally that might be a very important part of this and if it's an important part legally it's probably an important part in the eyes of the shield as well.
1: That is all very well uh, put. And and it is also the case that there have already been photos trickling out uh, yeah. about about the, the the damage that was done in this altercation to mm-hmm. the woman in question here. And as we've seen before, that can also spur the NFL into action in some cases before these legal processes play out. Right. Right. She had a cut on her face. She was bruised up. There
3: was very clearly violence happened. She was hit. Right. Um, and and, and again, these text
1: messages have leaked. We've, we've seen some of yes. them. And, and we don't know at this point the, the veracity of some of the things that are out there right now.
3: Right. And the uh, the text messages basically were Dalvin Cook saying, hey, you know, I'm sorry. And I was in the wrong for for doing that. The situation got out of hand, and essentially apologizing for it, which could have its impact on the, the legal situation as well. As far as I understand, there aren't any criminal charges. It is a lawsuit and a counter suit, um, which also kind of changes the texture and it changes the, the actual wording and, and the actual like standards of, of proof and stuff for where this all settles. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also an important part of it um, the texts that have leaked the pictures that have leaked that, well, not, not leaked. They're all public information. They're part of, um, Sergeant Trimble's lawsuit. Um, and that's public information that Star Tribune and other journalists have pulled. So, yeah, all of that is is out there and kind of like the Ray Rice thing, right? Or like the Adrian Peterson thing a bunch of years ago. Once there's pictures, once there's something a little more visceral um, and the public gets a little bit more... Uh, up in arms about the whole thing that's when the NFL will be a little bit more spurred to act whether we think that that's the way that they should be approaching things or not they tend to react a little more to the PR of the situation than you know whatever their judgment is on it
1: follow locked on Vikings for more on this story coming up the second college football playoff rankings have been released and there's only one question on anyone's mind is anyone happy with these except Georgia fans Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Period. End of story but not the end of the ad read. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar but it doesn't taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars to really believe it for yourself. Most protein bars don't taste very good. And the consistency is gross and you just, you you fight it. You're just like, okay, well, I guess I got to eat this because I, I need, I need something, but a built bar soft covered in hundred percent real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know, you're eating something different. It's more than just a protein bar. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, yet high in protein and high in fiber. Another great thing about Built Bar, they are diverse in their flavor offerings. There's something for everyone. And this month, Built Bar is coming out with limited time flavors every three to four days. So check the website. Often, you don't want to miss out. Go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com.
0: Agree or disagree? This is the cue of the Day.
1: Another set of college football playoff rankings are a go, and Big Ten fans are mad about it. Ohio State coming in at fourth after Georgia, Alabama, and Oregon. Oregon, of course, beating Ohio State earlier in the season, and Michigan coming in ahead of Michigan State. Michigan at six. Michigan State coming in at seven. Joining me now from Locked on Big Ten, Nate Dickinson and Nate. I, I'm going to be honest, I have a hard time worrying about anything that's happening after one and two just because of who one and two are. So tell me, tell me why I should care about what's going on in the Big Ten right now because I I look at those teams and I go, they're not in the same class as the top of the college football playoff rankings. So I'm just, I'm just not that worried about it.
5: Uh, That's a good point, Peter. Definitely. Um, I still think that as far as being able to compete on that national stage, Ohio State's the only team that's proven it has the kind of firepower on offense to match what it's going to need to be able to do to compete with a Georgia or an Alabama. That's not a Big Ten problem, though. That's really an everybody else in college football problem. Uh, As far as the rankings go I'm surprised to see Michigan State behind Michigan especially given the emphasis the college football playoff committee gave just last week on head-to-head wins it's just one of those things where I, I don't know exactly what you measure on or what happens in that room but obviously the Michigan's one loss is a whole lot better than what Michigan State's one loss is just on paper next to each other so If that's what they're thinking, fine. Obviously, Ohio State into four is something that matters a lot. But as far as just being able to compete with one and two, yeah, I'm wondering who's going to be able to do that too. But I I don't know if there's a single team fan base, anyone in the country that isn't thinking about that right now, if they're thinking about national stuff. The thing with the Big Ten is they've got other things to worry about, all those teams that are fighting to just show up to the party at the college football playoff.
1: Yeah, and and I want to give you credit because the last time we talked about this, you mentioned Ohio State. They were the team, you said, that offensively you felt like could hang with some of the big boys, and that was not the case with a Michigan or a Michigan State. This could come down to something that happens at the end of the year
5: every year between the, the two marquee Big Ten schools, it seems. Yeah, definitely. shaping up to be that way, at least right now. I mean, the the biggest thing is that whoever comes out of that Eastern division wins the Big Ten. That's your golden ticket in to be in no matter what. If someone on that West side ends up spoiling things in Indianapolis, that changes things. So that'll be what ends up really, really deciding for sure that any of these teams get in. But as far as getting there, yeah, it's going to be Michigan-Ohio State right now. And obviously, That can all change. There were times where it was going to be Iowa and whoever until Purdue knocked them off. It was going to be the Michigan State, Ohio State until Purdue knocked them off. So anyone can play spoiler in the Big Ten. We know that. That's been seen week in and week out. I've spent plenty an episode looking like a fool saying that (laughs) you don't need to worry about this game and that game this season. But as far as just going down to the very end of things, I, I mean... It's something I feel like I've talked about a little bit too much because it is something that we've been looking forward to all the year. All these teams have been winning, and they're starting to play each other now at the end. The problem is that it just seems like everyone's found a way to slip up at least once at the very, very end of the road here. We got Michigan-Michigan State. That was a nice little undefeated matchup, but Michigan State-Ohio State's not undefeated anymore. I guess Ohio State wasn't undefeated undefeated in the Big Ten, I guess. And then Michigan-Ohio State right now is shaping up to be that big matchup at the end that it always is, but with a national perspective that has something I, I don't I couldn't tell you the last time it would have been this big that game.
1: And finally, Twitter is fueling yet another feud. This one between two basketball families, and you never take sides against the family. On Monday night, the Nuggets' Nikola Jokic took exception to being fouled by the Heats' Marquise Morris and pushed him in the back. A reaction got him ejected. He has since been suspended for a game, but there's more to the story. Morris's twin brother, Marcus, took to Twitter to say, Waited till brother turned his back, shaking my head, noted, and then added the note taking emoji, of course, because you have to. In response, Nikola's two brothers created a Twitter account at Jokic Brothers aptly named and replied to Marcus Morris's tweet with you should leave this the way it is instead of publicly threatening our brother your brother made a dirty play first if you want to make a step further be sure we will be waiting for you signed Jokic brothers like they're your grandfather I that's that's the part that's just chef kiss perfect for me Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Now that you got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe, free and available on all platforms. Coming up Thursday, how did the Bucks fare on a trip to see the Knicks? So at least
5: until tomorrow, stay locked on today.